Am I on? Uh, James, can you have a look? Thumbs up if I'm on. Yeah. Brilliant. Right, okay. Good evening and welcome. Yeah, you're on going. I always, yeah, don't. Oh, do sorry. Don't, 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 <laughs> I always do this. <clears throat> right. Hello. Am I on now, James? Please just thumbs up if I'm on. Yeah, because all I can see is you at the moment. Thumbs up. Am I on? Yeah, you're on, got it. Oh. <laughs> this is okay. why we only get about half an hour every week, What's you up? say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay, sorry, I'll, I'll watch. Okay, right. Am I on now? Thumbs up, James. Just thumbs up if I'm right. Brilliant. Okay. Hello and welcome to this week's photography podcast. Um, welcome. I don't know what episode we're on now, 40 something or another. Uh, but it's time, uh, 47, thank you very much. So it's time for another guest this week. And we are privileged to have a world record holder with us, actually. Uh, this guy is the fastest walker on, in the whole of the YouTube universe when it comes to photography <laughs> vlogging. So. Welcome this week to Rob Alton. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, Rob. Nice thanks, thanks for the invite. No, no worries, Not to 16, three and a half seconds. Brilliant. Yeah, he's, oh, <laughs> yeah. he's rapid, rapid. Um, do you want to tell us, because we've had quite a few quite sizable vloggers on, and you're a smaller vlogger, and that's fine, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Do you want to tell us a bit about your channel? Yeah, so I started vlogging back in... Uh, March, April 2018. So, yeah, some time now. Um, but trying to keep quite local to where I live in Essex because I was finding that um, there wasn't many vlogs at all, uh, photography vlogs at all from uh, the Essex area. There was quite a lot of vlogs from other things, but not to do with photography from Essex. So uh, I thought, no, I need to change that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, actually. I'm finding a a lot of locations locally which i didn't know about before mm. and uh because of that i'm yeah just really enjoying it the channel's ticking along and it's um yeah just interesting really just connecting with other people and um the local the local photography community as well is really really interactive which is quite nice to be part of oh, brilliant well we've had a few comments from people saying you know we we shouldn't just go for the big guests all the time so, so you, you know, invited me. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 you know, oh, nicely put, very yeah. slick. <laughs> you know, you you know, Rob, that I've got a lot of time for you. I've always said it on my vlogs, and I like yeah. your vlogging style, and like the fact that you sort of stand for just a your general everyday vlogger, and I think that's or everyday photographer, and I think that's something that's really relatable. You know, because mm. it's easy to go out there and lose sight of what what photography is all about when you've got you know an awful lot of followers and you've got sort of that almost you're in that little youtube bubble but you're not like that so i really mm. like that no no it's never been a driver it's never been a driver to get get subs or um, or anything it's just to basically document me being out with my camera which i know it is a lot for for, for all you guys as well and that's what mm. i i enjoy doing um i'm i'm never ever going to be able to run a workshop or promote anything along those lines mm. it's just basically recording me going out with my camera which is really interesting I think it's relatable to a lot of people, as you say, Gary. Sort of an everyday vlogger as well. You're out there. You you've got crop sensor camera, I think, as well, Correct, which is yeah. you know majority of photographers probably have. You know, and you're out there and you're getting shots and you're coming away with some good shots and you're telling how you've taken them and the experiences you've had. And that's what generally people want to see. People like them and what you know how they can go out and do what you do. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, I think the one thing I love about photography is it's so inclusive. You, there's so many different types of photography from obviously landscape to still life uh, and everything in between really and because of that 
it, it, it is open to everyone. And that's what I really enjoy about it. And just me with my camera, loving the landscape around the area that I live is, is what I wanted to sort of do really on the channel. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to, to visit the lakes and Snowdonia as, as more often, but, uh, they won't six, have you six, in Snowdonia, mate. Well, not you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to go there. <clears throat> no. It's not very welcoming at all in Wales. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a 16-hour round trip or so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not really ideal. What's well, stopping you from going to the lakes? Sorry. Like well, a transport fu or what? Funny enough, James, that you, you said, said that. I was thinking... I'm not right, giving you a lift. No, well, <laughs> well, no I, free, I knew that. Anyway. No. Uh, a little story, um, many, many years ago, uh, I left school and joined the army. Whilst I was in the army, I did a Duke of Edinburgh within the Lake District. Uh, as you can imagine, some young army chaps uh, having a, a 16, 17 years old got up to a lot of mischief. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be welcome there back either. So uh, <laughs> even oh, though that was several years back now. Oh. You're not the one who did the graffiti at that cave, are you? Oh, Hodge no. close. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, yeah. awful. That is. Oh. Well, I saw someone had um, spray painted this because oh, I've been looking at going out. I'm going to go out next week, and I've been looking around the Peak District, and I thought Higator. You know, you've got the Kit Kat stones at Higator, mm. and someone's graffitied the, the Kit Kat stones, right? Which is bad enough, but even worse than that, and I can't help laughing. This someone's there's somewhere some sort of old Penis. building no it's an old build no it's worse than that there's an old building oh. around there somewhere and someone's built a shrine to Del Boy out of only 40 <laughs> horses what do you mean built a shrine what well, they put like R.I.P. Del Boy and put flowers up and a picture of him is and he a dead little, and a little no <laughs> I want to say that really is yeah. awesome Sure, it's like just a local yeah. hillwalker called Derek. Yeah. No, he's got a picture of David Jason. It's a picture. Oh, right. of I, don't, I don't know if it's like a photo of him or he's on a plate or something. And it's like you've got, you've got four grand interest. It's very strange. It's unique. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be unique. Yeah. It certainly That'd would be, be unique. But yeah. So um, yeah. Very very odd. But yeah. Um, so it wasn't you then. You didn't you didn't graffiti during your no. army days, no. No, no, no. We got up to quite quite a bit of mischief, and uh, apparently we was one of the worst groups they've ever had in the history of the business running. And um, oh god, yeah, <laughs> right. Sounds interesting. So yeah, <laughs> talking of mischief, we've had a few comments on last week's vlog, haven't we, James? Oh, we have, haven't we? Yeah, we have. So I didn't. My comments didn't go down very well at all. Uh, Mine did. Yeah, yours, yours are fine, yeah. You had someone give you a bit of grief over Greta, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got called a snowflake, a try-hard, and a virtue signal, all by the same person. So <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. But then when, when, he first put, when he first put it, I was like, who is this guy? Like something, photography Jojo or something. I'm like, very offended. And then he put, he's changed his name to VillaFan75 or something like, ah, oh, he's a VillaFan. That makes sense now. I don't feel offended anymore. So yeah, uh, but it was interesting. It, it, a few interesting comments, and uh, well, I think I'll, you should. I think now you've brought that up because it looks very kind of one-sided. I think you better explain actually the, his first post to his his last post really because his tone. You turn it around. It did change. Yeah. Give him credit, you know, and, yeah. and we've got to give him credit for saying what he said, which I thought, you know, I, I took, not say offence to that, but I thought, oh, what a dick. Do you know what I mean? Here we go. But I've got to give him credit 
he kind of mellowed and actually then apologised for some of it. So I thought he showed a lot of character, actually, then yeah. for, for backtracking and uh, almost uh, uh, apologising. So, you know. Nah, Kim, I'm not apologising. <laughs> no, seriously, no, actually, I'm only joking. No, I'm only joking. Yeah, he did. It, fair play to him. Yeah, uh, he, he did. And he will be watching because uh, I told yeah. him. And, I, I, and I've got what? to say, I've got to say, there's nothing wrong with. I got no issue with him having a discussion with me at all. I took took a bit of a thing when he said that guy in the middle, and and, and said to Lynn that woman, but you know, and then called me a snowflake. But other than that. I've got no problem with the actual argument. I'll argue all day. You know me. I don't mind that. So it's fine. But yes, you're right. Fair play but there, to him. But there, but there was, like, you know, it was his handle was like, say, Villa fan, which could have been anyone. There was no yeah. photo of him. So no. he could have quite easily hid after yes, that comment could. and yeah. nobody yeah. would have been any of the wiser. Um, but yeah, I thought that showed a lot of character, actually, that to yes. kind of then, then turn it round. So if you are watching Villa fan, um, well done, mate. Well done. Yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. And he I, probably I, got scared when my wife got involved with the comments as well. Well, I she's did. very scary. <laughs> she should know better. Huh? Yeah. How dare she come out of the kitchen? Come out of the kitchen yeah. without cooking, trying <laughs> to finish. What's she, what's she playing at her? Oh, mate, that's it. You're God. in for it. You are in for it. Listen, Listen, I, I live in a different part of the world to you. You know, that's Yorkshire attitude. The, the, the South, we're a little bit more respectful of uh, our wives and girlfriends. And, yeah, not snowflakes. Yeah. Actually, can we just say, because you know, we've never done this, we've always been very grateful to every person that's obviously come on to the, to the podcast, but we've never kind of thanked them on the, on the other episode. So I just want to say big thanks to Lynn for coming on last week. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed her company yeah. and, it, and, yeah, and obviously all the other guests that we've had as well. Yeah. But Lynn just seemed to... Um, just fit in just everyone yeah. fits in but she just seems to kind of like fit, really in, fit in with with the like, almost like the original format of the six of us and she just blended in so thanks very much lynn i think the a few one uh, so we had a few comments the sorry the first episode she was on where we didn't really talk about photography related subjects yeah, just no what i was going to say yeah. but yeah. i think the reason for that is just because I don't know. She just she just fitted in, didn't she? So it yeah. was like talking She's to one of lads. a fr- exactly. It was like mm. talking to a friend. You know, I don't talk about all your photography every week. So, yeah. So that was probably one of the reasons. So apologies, Lynn, for not talking about your photography. But thank you for just blending in. Yeah, absolutely. And and one more thing while we're on the comments, really quickly, I just want to say comment of the week, and Andy Maguire. He said, Gary, manning a match performance from you. Masked Singer is more addictive than heroin. And please, can I come to your dinner party? So, you know, we must get him on. We must get him hey, on, you know. That's a good yeah. idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, we must get him on at some point. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, um, shall we shall we actually get started? Oh, I've got one more thing to say. No podcast next week, uh, guys, because it's Good Friday. So Easter weekend, oh. we're having a bit of a break. So there's no podcast next week. But we'll be back the week after. But anyway, let's um let's get started, and I think let's talk about something current uh, this week, uh, and that is the news that you've all been receiving. I assume, sorry, Rob, you haven't, and I know you're not, not going to make you feel bad. But the twenty five percent tax on YouTube earnings um, that YouTube are now saying is it worth having ads anymore? That's my question. Bearing that in mind, yeah. Just for, just make sure like you fill in the farm right. 
<laughs> yeah, because Do we have a tax on, treaty but, with but the they, US? But they said if you don't if you don't fill in the form, you get deducted twenty five percent. Is that right, uh, uh, James? Up to 20, yeah. James, you but, filled in the form and yeah. then you got deducted thirty percent. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> <in wrong. laughs> Does that work? What have yeah. I got near you? <laughs> <laughs> he came on said, oh, it's dead easy, this. Did it in 10 minutes, piece of piss. That's because you did it wrong, James. Do you know what? <laughs> Filled it out twice. Do you know what? My, my job at work, it's basically a, 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 an analyst. I look at details. Once I finish work, it's like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> down. I just rush through things. But yeah, I got a confirmation that it's been approved, uh, but been approved at 30%. <laughs> So I'm going to relook at that, redo it again. Probably a good idea. It'll probably be yeah. 60% next time. Well, yeah. I'm I'm in Dave's camp now. Um, I'm getting rid of my ads. I think oh, from yeah. this yeah, from from this week, they're going to go as soon as I release my next vlog because it's just no point. Honestly, it's like I've earned I've earned in the last four months about 25 quid or three months about 25 quid. I'm like. I'd rather just not have my subscribers have to sit through an ad and have to press skip than to earn 25 quid in four months. It's not worth it. So I, th- I think that's a, really quite interesting. Obviously, as I said about how long I've had my channel for and, and not got to the stage that I'm able to have uh, the uh, sorry ads on, on the actual videos. I, I am, even if I got it, honestly, I would not do it. The one thing, though, that I really do want is the community page hmm. yeah. because I I look at you guys and I, I, I've listened to all of the podcasts. I, I watch your show, uh, channels individually and I know that you've mentioned several times about what you actually get back from YouTube, which is peanuts in the grand scheme of things. And I'm just sitting here thinking that, is there any point? But the one thing I would like would be that community page. And that was, if I could change one thing about uh, YouTube, is to give that community page a little bit earlier on. Now, I know that they've got have to draw a threshold somewhere. I completely appreciate that. But now with this on top of it as well, the issue that you're talking about, to me, it just seems there's no point at all. Unless, unless it's justified in respect that you're... a, a tens of that hundreds of thousands of uh, subscribers and it and it pays for it um completely different kettle of fish really but in in my opinion it's just really not worth it at all mm. well i think it's a bit of i mean I, in terms of the community page i don't understand why i don't just give it to everyone because mm. you use it or you don't use it i can't see the point there's no there's no there's no monetary benefit to having it i mean we we've said about this on the podcast how good would it be for us to be able to say, you know, this is what's happening, this is what isn't happening? Mm. We don't have the opportunity for any of that. Yeah, but that's why we do ask for subscribers uh, f- for the podcast, just so we can get yes. that community page. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. And I think yeah. we've crept up to just under 800 now. Oh, no, we're over that now. So, yeah. Because um, yeah, Adam, Adam, thanks very much, Adam, by the way. Yeah, Adam Gibbs mentioned us in his video and we've leapt up about sort of, 60 70 subs so yeah appreciate that right. yeah. but but in terms I of I appreciated the fact he described us as middle aged I was quite yeah. chuffed about that well yeah he said six yeah but there was so, there was six well there was well six well, five including and him, him so yeah yeah um yeah but the thing about the, the I think the thing about the income the tax is I think it's a bit of a kick in the teeth really 
for, for a lot of people because what they've done is they've gone, oh, we, we want you to put mid-roll ads in, all right? So again, a lot of people have gone, oh, great, all right, mid-roll ads, bit more income. Oh, we've got this new thing where, where you can join and have subscriptions every month. Oh, yeah, brilliant, thanks very much, that's great. And then they get all of that down the line and they say, oh, now we're going to bung 25% tax on you unless you jump through hoops to prove that you're not uh, American. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like it's a whole money making scheme that they've just made up. We'll lure you in, we'll get you to do all these things, which probably piss off half your audience anyway. Oh, and by the way, now we'll take half like twenty five percent of your money off you. Yeah, but that's time. what I've been saying but, for the last kind of I don't know six months, eight months. They just think they want people to go over to Prime. Premium. Uh, oh, premium. True. Yeah, that's all they're, they're, they're making it as hard as possible, so everyone just says I can't deal with. Because, you know, like, you know, creators then are going to think, right, well, if I've got to pay 25%, I might as well stick another advert on there to try and compensate Mid-rolls, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mid-rolls, and then the viewers are going to say, oh, do you know what? There's like, you know, five or six bloody adverts on this. I really don't think so. I think think viewers these days, and I've said this before, I really don't think it has much impact on them because I think it becomes the norm now is the adverts. I don't mind them Mm. at the start because you almost expect that that at the start. But if it's a long video... And I'm not totally engrossed in it. I will watch it, but then as soon as that advert pops up, mid-roll advert, I think, well, that's my cue now to bell. And that's what I do. I watched one the other day, and I'm not going to mention any names. I watched one the other day, and it was about an hour long, and there was just an advert every five minutes. And after after I got to about the third or fourth, I mean, it wasn't, I got to about the third or fourth advert, I was just like, do you know what? I've had enough of this. It's not holding my attention anyway. But it, w- yeah. it might help my attention, but it's not now I'm exactly. sitting here having to watch mm. some, mm. but every five minutes. So, yeah. but but this this tax thing is a bit of a red herring if you're in the UK because as long as you fill your form in correctly, um, then yeah. it, you get naught percent. Because because the, the as far as I understand it, and I'm no bloody expert at all, but I've read a, I've read a few things and watched a couple of videos. As long as you complete it and say that you are declaring that you want to put the tax treaty that the UK have 0%. got with the US, which is 0%, then you, you don't get any taxed. So you, you won't get taxed anyway. So it, it's 0% for the UK as long as you complete your form properly. And is it, is it your national insurance number? Is, is yeah, that right? I think they it's use your, your national insurance. Code. Or you can use your UTR number, I think. UTR right. or your national insurance number, I think. Both I must are. admit, I, I, the thing is that, you know, whilst YouTube have their faults, this this isn't down to them. You know, it's the... US government that's doing the it's taxes. Biden, it's Biden's government is going but, to up all the taxes. And but so as, as Jamie says, I, I filled in one of these forms for my Skillshare, what's it? No problem. You just fill it in, say, I, I don't come under your tax regime. Thank you very much. Good night. I'm still blaming YouTube. I'm going to blame them anyway. Yeah, but the thing is, it's, yeah. it isn't YouTube. It's, it's Google, isn't it? And it's all the services that Google provide rather than just yes. YouTube. So, uh, Google, YouTube, same thing. <laughs> I, mean, I think it, I mean, it's been mentioned before. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they've got to make a profit somehow. And I know it's not necessarily profit, and it, it probably is, as you've mentioned about the US tax as government and stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I bet they're doing all right, though, to be fair. But I'll tell you what, though, moving on, talking about social media, uh, as we were. Mally, actually. So thanks for this, Mally. Mally put a question oh, in the group. Oh, oh, oh stop. You know. Oh, Mally put, Mally put a question. You know, Mally, that famous bloke who's doing all those interviews now and has got a Oh, he's got a lot of guests, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, the Parkinson of photography. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. Yeah. 
Well, he asked a really good question in the group. And actually, there's sort of a question that then leads on to another question. And he says, does photography now need social media to survive? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it does. Without a shadow because of a doubt. That is the main platform, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. These days, so, yeah. Yeah, I think photography as, as simply just taking images no but to share the images then yes and it's whether or not you want to share the images if your driver is to share images then certainly it does need social media to survive but if it's not if it's not and you're taking images 100% for yourself then no. Oh yeah, if you're taking them just for yourself, obviously you don't need so you don't need anything mm. really. Don't need anyone. You, you just need an, anyone an, in an the world. An instamatic. Yeah. But look case. at look at Stuart McGlennon with his gallery. You know, obviously he has used social media to share and and as a bit of a PR for his gallery, but he doesn't necessarily need it. He needs just footfall in the street to walk by, see see his pictures, and come in and buy them. And that's photography still development of business for him without social media he just uses it as a bit of a platform to share and and do a bit of marketing exactly he's reached the benefits of it though mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Ma- marketing yeah the thing is though photography for me such a broad church there's i bet there's i bet there's thousands of photographers who don't who don't have a twitter account or facebook or certainly don't post their photography on twitter and facebook or etc they just go out and enjoy photography for what it is. And that's probably the purest form of it. So in terms of that, no, you don't need social media. Do you need... Does... does um, To be perceived as successful, do you need social media? That's a different question. Because then you probably not, do. Perhaps not to... I don't know, not to be su- successful, but it, it, it almost comes hand in hand, doesn't it? It's like any business... You need to promote yourself no matter what business you are. And if you're going out there to perhaps try and sell something or workshops or an exhibition or a gallery or whatever, you you, you need social media. Which I think especially kind of, in the last year or so, because we are obviously restricted to travel yeah. and people aren't going to galleries, etc. Yeah. It's yeah. all online now. But is that photography? Or is that That's business. photography business? Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, so so the grassroots, if you know, would photography survive without social media? Of course it would. You know, everybody can still carry on photography if they don't share it, if they haven't got any social media. Well, photography was here before social media. Yeah, it's just it's just is a marketing tool to share your photography, and if you're in business to help you get your photography in in front of somebody that wants to buy it, and that's what it is. You know, you still carry on taking photography, doing photography, printing yourself, putting it on your wall. You know, it will continue without social media. Yeah, so for those who are in business and doing photography, they would struggle without social media. I it's don't a agree. marketing channel. Yeah, but yeah. E- equally no, as I'm well... I'm sorry, there are plenty of commercial photographers who don't go anywhere near social media who have got diaries full of commissions. Ah, oh, but yeah. you're talking about commercial... Yeah, I totally you're, agree. You're talking about commercial photographers, though, so they've already got their clients, haven't they? Yeah, they built it up. But, they've, yeah. they've, but if you, they've no, but the question was, there's two key words in that question, is need and survive. And as Rob has just pointed out, of course it would survive. And a lot of photographers don't need social media. So for me, the short answer is no. But surely if you're taking photos, I mean, the, the average person, whether it's for money or it, it, it's not, the average person likes to share their work. I mean, 
every mm-hmm. single one of us shares our work, whether that be social media, YouTube, whatever. And if we wasn't in it for sharing, we wouldn't be doing the podcast now. Because this, this wouldn't exist. Maybe we should change the question then. So maybe the question should be, do we need social media for our photography to survive? Ah, well, yeah, ah, that's completely yes. different. Yeah, exactly mm. right, Dave. Yeah, no, yes, we do. Because we, what we want to do is, is is run our YouTube channels and be, solely because of that, we, we've decided to make that judgment that actually I'm going to put myself on YouTube, good or bad, judge my, my photos as, as, as they come, but I've chosen to do that. I could have easily said no and kept my images for myself and just appreciated them off, off my own own back, really, and, and not shared them at all. Mm. But do we need them? Yes. Or, do, sorry, do we need social media? Then yes. I, I, because I, how, how, sure. how else would we be able to share content, YouTube, uh, images, Instagram, etc.? How else would we be able to do that? Well, again, it depends on what your objective is. You know, as, as an amateur photographer that just wants to share his work just for gratification or for mutual respect through the community or whatever, then, yeah, I agree, you'd need it. But if you're a photographer that is trying to share his work to raise his profile, then it's it stands up on his own account. And once you've published some work and you've sold it and, you know, you've got a reputation out there as a leading photographer, then you don't necessarily need social media to continue that quite, reputation quite it but as rob says but but you know i mean as speaking of somebody who who for many years was a photographer predating social media during those years nobody saw my images other than me and in the event i had to go back to doing that because social media ceased to exist i would still be up a mountain tomorrow morning with a camera uh, t- totally agree. Mm. I, I would be there as well. Well, if I'm allowed, that is. But, yeah. but I think I think we all would. I think that that goes without question. I think if if social media ended tomorrow, I don't think any of us would pack up photography because we enjoy it. We've so got much. a built-in passion, yeah. like we actually yeah, love the photography. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, in a way. You can so I come back to my to answer words. to this question, which is no. Mm. All right. All right then. Okay. Well. we'll Moving on from this question to another question, which which relates to this totally, will there ever be another world famous photographer? Because now you've got social media, everyone's a photographer. Everybody with a mobile phone, anyone who wants to stick anything on Instagram, they'll. Will the, I don't think there'll ever be another Saint Ansel Adams or another real world famous. There might be if we're talking in terms of documentary photography. But in terms of landscape photography, I don't think we'll ever see another photographer that is world-renowned amongst all other landscape photographers. Who, I think who, that's asked interesting. That, who asked that wonderful question? I think that was you, Darren. Thanks, mate. Was it Mally? Oh. Yeah. No, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, without oh, social media, he couldn't have asked that question. Yeah, true. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it by Zoom. I think that's interesting. Um... And I think to answer it is because photography, for for good, I believe, has become more accessible, as I was mentioning earlier. It, hmm. Because it's become more accessible, if you, from my understanding, and I must admit, it's very, very limited about the history of photography. But with Ansel Adams, as far as I understand, it was only a, a small number of people doing what he was doing when he was doing it. 
Now, there's a lot more people doing it than, than there was back then. Yeah, and exactly. just because of that, 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 it's going to be more people seeing images on social media and then going to replicate that image in different weather conditions and then capturing that shot purely because they're there, because they know that location, and then they're there with that fantastic sky, whatever it might well be doing from a, if we're talking purely landscape photography or whatever the genre is. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's because of the sheer number of people doing it. And that's, yeah, that's what made me ask the, the question, the really. Of, yeah, the cost it, of cameras now are now. so accessible in the relative speaking they're, they're so accessible now and the quality now is just of images that can uh, i mean my 250d that i use is uh for my video in is is exactly the same as my main camera that the sensor size and everything and the, the uh, megapixels is exactly the same and i took an image when i was out on my most recent vlog and i was super impressed with the quality of that image from from that camera and give or take it's uh, five six hundred pound. I know that's five six hundred pounds. All right, if you've got it, but with a lens, it's it's not bad at all, really. I think the thing is, is back then, back then when you had your superstars, if you like. Well, I'm not sure. Was that look? I'm 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 a luddite, right? Was Ant Adams a world-renowned photographer while he was out taking photos? While he was still active, he was. Right. Okay. So. So I can say, but, but I think it goes back to how many people was actually yeah. doing it back then, wasn't it? You think there's less yeah. less people competing for that, weren't exactly. This this is is what, not easy to exactly. stand out. Yeah, this is what I was about to say. Yeah, so I was, I was about to say that that it was more elite then photography. It was yeah, more it was. an elitist mm. thing because mm. you had to have not only the camera gear, but you also had to have the the means of developing it, and you had to have the money to go out and and do that. It's a much more oh, niche. Exactly. I mean, there we're was no snappy snaps yeah, back yeah. then. No, no, yeah. we're, we're there a was niche. no boots. We're we're a yeah. niche. We're a niche um, subject now, genre now. But I could imagine we was it was so niche back then. There were probably only a handful of photographers who were really going out and getting those shots. Whereas now you look at something like uh, Booker Latif Moore, where where you might have gone. 50 years ago, oh my God, that's unbelievable. Now it's every every man and his dog with a phone's taking mm. a shot of it, sticking it up on Instagram. So it makes those shots less, they don't resonate so much, do they? Because everybody's seen one, everybody's taken one. So I don't so, think, so, you know. So here's a question for you. Who's, who's the most famous UK landscape photographer? In now? In our opinion. Now. If you have to pick, who's the most famous? Probably oh, Joe Cornish. Joe Connish, Charlie Way, or Charlie Wayne, yeah, 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 I agree. Probably, and that's because they're the craftsmen in their field, so they're the most well respected. They produce the most work that people are adhering to be up there at the top. Sorry, Jay, yeah. just just ask that question again. Mm. Who is the most? Who's the most? Fa in your opinion, who's the most famous UK? Right, so the most landscape? famous, not the yeah. best, but the most yeah, famous. Yeah, the most well, no, the mo yeah. In your I, opinion, who is the most famous? Then I would say Thomas Heaton, and that goes back to social media. Photographer. I bet, I bet there is more people that have heard of Thomas Heaton, or yeah. they know Thomas Heaton's body of work, than they do Joe Cornish and Charlie Waite. Mm. That's why I asked the question because well, it, yeah. it does depend on what media you're. And that's what made me ask judging you to, it on yeah. to re-ask yeah. the question because yeah, yeah not who's the best, who's the most famous. Well, yeah. I, I was coming at it from the from the point of view of renowned, 
But I look at those two and you look at them and what do they have in common? They've been doing it for years. They've been doing it before social media. They've established a reputation. So they've probably got their yeah. reputation before Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Yeah. So it's natural and I'm not I'm not dis, I'm not disputing the fact that they're fantastic photographers, but it's natural they're going to be more renowned because they yes. were in that niche group before Definitely. before mm. social media came about. You look at it now, who is it now? If you take those two out, it's probably who's the loudest on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram and, and YouTube. Mm. Or really. who's won the most awards? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But then who, who, who do you know? Who, who, who has won you, the most awards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who do you know who's got millions of followers on, on YouTube? And a lot of people will look and go, well, like you said, Thomas Heaton. Mm. But is that a numbers game now, rather than a photography thing? Which is which is why I don't think we'll ever see it. We're going around a big circle, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. great, isn't it? Because that's that's yeah. the whole point of this conversation. I mean, definitely. Mm. No, without out a shadow of a doubt, YouTube uh, and social media has definitely helped people propel themselves forward to establish themselves as a photographer. Um, yeah. Uh, and to, to go forward in, in the in the future, there, there will be, whenever Thomas stops doing YouTube, whenever that may well be, there will be someone else coming along in his wake. I mean, you've only got to look at Formula One. When, when Schumacher achieved the world record, number of world records that, that he did, no one thought that anyone else would be there behind him. But yet, here we are with Lewis mm. and, and doing what and, and achieving the fantastic goals that he's achieving, there will always be someone else in the wake and, and will then come up to level par or, or above at some stage. How they achieve it will be potentially through you, uh, social media in whatever shape or form that is. At there that may time. not be a YouTube by then. No, well, there, there'll, be, there'll always be something else. It may, go, it may go back to a niche. I don't think anyone will get to the same numbers and heights now that Thomas Heaton has achieved because back then it was the start of it, really, wasn't and it? And that goes all the way back to Ansel Adams, almost our original, yeah. our original question, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. So, so maybe yeah. in 50 years' time, we'll all be sitting here asking the question, will there ever be another famous YouTuber like Thomas Heaton? It won't be me. Mm. Or me. But, but someone <laughs> might be. In fact, in 50 years' time, the question could be, will there ever be another pubcast yeah. as good as the original? <laughs> the answer would be, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is I it going to be like to, Blue Peter, where we all gradually get replaced by new people? <laughs> I would love to be asking that question in 50 years' time. I'd be, on, be 105. Yeah, I'd be 102. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. Pum what? Mm. I'll be 153. <laughs> 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 you are immortal, dear. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, Dave. When you came to sit down, you're looking quite beefcake. I noticed. <laughs> working out. Beefcake. Beef. Calm down. You know, Calm down. Beefcake. Have you been working out? Have you? <laughs> yes, of yeah. course. You can see it. It's like that. You come and sit down. Like oh, you can almost see my thighs. You could almost not. <laughs> They're bend chafing. That. You could almost not bend that washboard stomach. You had to sort of sit over like that because it, yeah. it was like rock. Yeah, before That's you it. joined us, James, Dave was great in cheese, actually, on his stomach. <laughs> <I did. laughs> yeah. Jan was after a Six sandwich. Eight pack. <laughs> <laughs> so we've answered that one then, have we? Have we answered that? I think we've probably... 
probably think so. He's yeah. gone off anyway. at a strange tangent anyway. Yeah. 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 Usual <laughs> format, really. Mm, yeah. Start of talking about photography, end up talking about Dave's washboard stomach. So let's move on then and talk about something else, maybe non-photography. Now, I, I, I thought of this subject because mainly I've got like lots and lots of um, examples. But have you had any very embarrassing moments when you've been at work? And we can push that out to embarrassing moments in general life or if you like embarrassing moments when out vlogging. But that's up to you guys if you want to talk about that. So um, Can I just sit back and listen to you, Gary? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I. Oh, come on. Let's have it. Well, I got a couple. I got. A, I got to say, I've got couple. a couple from. Yeah, a couple from work, which are corkers. Uh, I think my probably my most embarrassing moment. I was about fifteen years old, and I was working for the co-op as a Saturday boy, and it was Christmas. And I was. I mean, I'm not joking. I was awful. Fifteen, yeah, fifteen Saturday job. Is it legal to work at fifteen? Yeah, yeah. You used to have to go down and get uh, sign a form off, didn't you? Get your parents sign a form off that you could work eight. I think it's eight hours a week you could work or something. Anyway, I was working at the co-op and uh, I was I couldn't I wasn't allowed to work on the tills or anything, so I was just like a shelf stacker. But I broke stuff, smashed stuff all the time. Anyway, we were near Christmas, and this one time that the manageress who didn't really like me very much anyway, she pushes huge trolley over towards me full of shopping. And she said, there's a couple uh, out in the car park and they need this shopping, but they couldn't get it out there. Could you take it round to them? So I'm yeah, of course I can, no worries. So I pushed this trolley round into the car park, went, whose is this shopping? And this couple came over and went, yes, yeah, mine. <laughs> Loaded it all up into the car, right? Pushed the trolley back round, went back to stacking shelves badly. About 15 minutes later, the manager comes, have you, have you taken that out yet? Because the customers are here waiting for you to take the trolley round to them. <laughs> And I was like, uh, yeah, I've already done that. So obviously I'd gone, who wants this shopping? And some random had just gone, yeah, yeah, it's mine. <laughs> Stuck it in the thing. Yeah, so that didn't go very well. I smashed so much while I was there. But another another equally embarrassing moment. Have any of you heard of Rington's? No. No? So Rington's was a company they were, sort of worked around. I thought they were quite northern, so I thought you might have heard of them, James. They no. do deliver tea deliveries. No, no, they're a northern company. <laughs> so they're, they're about as, Peterborough was about as far south as they came. An hour round was north of Peterborough. And what they were was like a, a, a van that used to sell like tea and coffee and biscuits in these little baskets, wicker bar. You used to have to go round and customers would say, you know, all right, love, what do you want next week? And they'd write down their little list of all things they want. And you'd go off and go in this van and you'd go and give them the stuff and they'd pay you for it. Anyway, they drove these really, like, uh, um, famous, if you like, yellow and black vans. So they used to be the old, real old-fashioned box vans, you know, the old sort of Model T Ford-type box. Yellow and black, always yellow and black. And they'd upgraded a bit. This is sort of like, I must have been at 18 or 19 at this point, so late 80s, early 90s. And they were in, we were in these vans, really famous. And, you know, do the shift, come back. And I've only been there about three days, I think. And they said, right, clean, you need to clean the vans down. Uh, and they said, can you teacut, like, the, the you see if the teacut the bonnets and polish them all up. So I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, no worries. You know, eager, eager to please. Teacutting all these um, things up and polishing them all, all these bonnets across about four vans that are all sat there at the end of the day using a Brillo pad. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So I'd done all that and I was I thought I'd done a great job and they hosed it all down and then there's like every single yellow bonnet is just scratched to shit by this Brillo pad. Needless to say, I didn't work there for... At what point did you notice, Gary, that the paint was coming off? Well, I didn't because... It, I, I, was I it was dark? Just, I was just happily... I thought I'd never done teacup before. I just thought this is what happens and then you polish it all and then it all comes back and it's fine. You didn't, you didn't see that on Karate Kid, did you? No, exactly. So yeah. I was just like, no, it'll be perfectly fine. There's not an issue. Yeah, so that job didn't that job didn't last very long either. I was terrible, terrible when I was younger. Yeah, has anyone else got any? Please bail me out here. <laughs> Quick change the subject. No, I am. No. I not really. I have. I've got one. Oh, good. Um, good. Okay, so back in 1979 when I started working a bank, you used Midland, to be able to smoke. It was Midland as it happens. Yeah, well, well guessed. Yeah. Um, Pre HSBC days. Anyway, yes. so. Smoking away quite happily as I did back then. The only place you weren't allowed to smoke apart from the counter in front of the punters was in the safe because it was full of stuff that could go up in smoke and it was irreplaceable. So uh, I was in the safe one day having a fag. <laughs> and a man. <laughs> Just, so, chilling on, just chilling on the gold bullion. Yeah, something like that. The bank managers coming past from the, the bogs were out the back and I'd forgotten he went in the bogs. <laughs> <laughs> so the manager goes to the bog every morning at 10 o'clock, comes out with a copy of the Western Mail rolled up under his arm, walks past the safe. I'm there like, you know, yeah, so anyway, in the pub last night, mate. <laughs> Griffiths, boy, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's like a headmaster. The, you know, the bank manager was kind of local town royalty. He was the you know, Captain Mannering type, okay. but very Welsh. So he hauled me into his <laughs> office and tore a strip off me. Um, and, and then he, something else happened a few months later where I'd phoned in sick... And then the same day that I phoned in sick, I went to the station, got on a train to go and visit my folks who lived in Scotland at that time, and I was down in Pembrokeshire. And we had these newfangled thing called credit cards, an access card, and because I was staff, I was given one. So, so but instead of using that to buy my train ticket, I wrote a cheque out. <laughs> I worked in a bank. The cheque then oh, comes Jesus, in, the money... The yeah, so I'd phoned in sick. The manager hauls me in. Griffiths, boy, get in here. <laughs> so I go in, and by now he hates me because I can't do a thing right. I wasn't trying very hard, I'll admit. <laughs> but so anyway, he he's tearing another strip off me. And under my breath, I'm thinking completely sotto voce, you know, I should use my access card. What did you say, boy? <laughs> At which point he lights up a fag, but he lights the wrong end of it. He's put it in his mouth backwards. I'm, I'm told to piss off. About five minutes later, he comes staggering out of his office. What he's done, he's lit the wrong end of it, realised what he's done, chucked it in his bin. It's caught fire. So his office is going up in flames. And I'm just stood in the... And he comes past. He's like, you know, smoke's billowing out after him. Fire engines, the whole nine yards, absolute hoot. I didn't last much longer. No. Well, that, that does actually remind me of a, a story where I, I did, well, we did set the college on fire, properly <laughs> on fire. 
Um, it was it was going back about I suppose about ten years ago, twelve years ago, and this particular college, it was where Stephen Hawkins studied, and uh, it was a big deal to me at the time. This college, it was like ninety percent of my work, and we used to, we was we had loads of stuff going on there over this particular summer. And um, we had to work in this what's called a jip room. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is, but it's a it's a very very small kitchen. And I think back in the day, uh, there was a person called the jip, and it, like you know there was little bells, and that's where the jip actually kind of stayed. And then the master <laughs> rang and used to run off with you know a bit like a butler. And uh, but the kitchen, but the now the kitchens are known as jip. I've got visions of a gimp in my head. So <laughs> no, not not a gimp room. <laughs> a game change. A leather mask. No, no, definitely a jip. It might have been a gimp. No, it's definitely a jip. Dungeon chained up. But these these kitchens are tiny. Literally, there's probably about two foot between the edge of the worktop and the wall. They're very very small rooms. And on the this particular. Uh, between this particular jit room, there was a load of paperwork all over the top of the counter on top of the hob. Um, and what had happened, at the time I had about 10 guys working for me and we had to do some work in there. And all I can think of is they had some steps and as they tried to squeeze past, perhaps their arse or their leg has knocked the knob on the hob oh, on the way out. Now, I didn't know what was going on. As I'm not even in the college, I'm walking back to the college and I can hear all the fire alarms going off. And I think, well, you know, and I've walked through this kind of passageway and I've come out to the green and I've just seen all of this like smoke kind of bellowing out everywhere. Oh, and it was that it was that horrible realisation between thinking, is that where we was that us or is that not us? And then you realise it's exactly where we're we're working. And I've run over and I've tried to put this fire out and then there's there's kind of bells and whistles in the background where the fire brigade have turned up. By now the flames are kind of licking out the top of the windows and they're standing there with our hoses and I'm <laughs> I'm literally just like almost having a, a, a breakdown at this stage because the whole college have been evacuated. Cut a long story short, I didn't sleep that much that particular night and then the following day the bursar who was ex-military just I just got a phone call from him it's like Darren my office 10 o'clock phone goes down so I went to see the bursar thinking right well this is it you know this is the end of my career in in the college and possibly all of Cambridge because they all talk to each other <laughs> and I walked in and he knew he played the game and he said nervous I went well just a little bit sir you know um and he said, well, just to let you know, he said, I need to apologise. He said, that kitchen should have never been used to store paperwork and we should have disconnected the hob uh, many months ago. So he said it was an accident waiting to happen. And so if you can give me a price, could you please put the kitchen back together again? And I, I literally... Nice contract. I, I, I felt... Honestly, I, I felt my knees give way. I, I I was so relieved and I came out of there uh, and obviously I had to go and see the guys and told them what happened but everyone was so scared because you know we didn't know what happened we just automatically assumed it was our fault so um, what else have you torched since when you needed to top up your coffers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pyro <laughs> oh not even my fire's gone out on that yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah so not quite an embarrassing moment but definitely a, a moment to remember Brilliant. Wow. Anyone else got any embarrassing moments? I mean, you must have, you must have some embarrassing non-work moments. 
Come on. There must not be that some. Right, okay. Okay. So it's, it's not it's not a, it's not a work moment, but it is an embarrassment to a point because many years ago, and this is and you'll know this Gary, a radio station in Peterborough called Herriwood Radio. Oh yeah, Herriwood existed. Radio. And when I was, so we're talking about 25 plus years ago here. And I got to know the breakfast DJ quite well while I was working at Pearl Assurance in Peterborough at that point. Oh, okay. And I was the social committee chairman at Pearl Assurance. So I got to involve him because he was like uh, invited to some of the, I think we did an It's a Knockout once and, and Herald Radio were there. So anyway, I got chatting to this guy, got to know him. And, and he said, look, I'm thinking of introducing a character on my morning radio show. A bit like a fool guy, a bit of a stunt, stunt guy. Would you be interested? I thought, yeah, what the hell? I'll have a laugh. So what he wanted to do was introduce this character to come on in the mornings. Uh, and early sort of between sort of seven and a half, seven in the morning. So I could do it before I went to work. And I was invited to do various stunts. And I did stunts, I was like swimming in Ferry Meadows that you'll know, Gary, it's a lake in Peterborough, which was uh, full of ice. Uh, and I, sw- I had to swim in this this ice. I had to shine shoes in the middle of Queensgate Shopping Centre and he, he <laughs> set that up with a, uh, a fake security guard that he actually came to arrest me live on air because... So this worked out. I went into the radio station first thing in the morning. I picked up me outdoor broadcasting gear and then I went out and then he'd call me or on, on live on air and he'd sort of just start to talk to me about what was I was doing. One of the things, getting to the embarrassing bit, because one of the things that he asked me to do once was to come into the actual studio and record it in the studio and he wanted me to eat um, some of the hottest chilies that you could find, chilli peppers. And at that time, I'm... I had a real uh, hate of peppers generally. I just, the taste of peppers really made me gag. And I thought, well, I can't, you know, he's brought me in, he set all this up. You know, I'm going to be on the radio. I can't say no, I've got to do it. So I took the first bite of a normal, normal pepper, fine. And he'd set it up with some milk and all the rest of it next to me, just in case it was a bit too hot. And bearing in mind, this was going out live on air. So I did the first bite, that was fine. And the next one, it got gradually hotter. But by the time it came to the third one, I was really starting to feel ill because, as I say, this this hate of peppers. So the third one came, and I took a bite into the third one. It was getting gradually hotter. And I could feel myself just, like, mounting up like this in the background. And all of a sudden, I just threw up, literally. And this was going out live on air on, on, on Herald Radio. <laughs> And I threw up, and because because I'd thrown up, I thought I was so embarrassed. I ran out the studio, ran downstairs to the toilets underneath where he was, where the studio was. Obviously, was sick again. Came back up, and I was like so sheepish because I just I thought as soon as I walk into the studio, he's going to say, "Are oh, you idiot? You know you can't. You really ruined it." <laughs> I came in, and he was absolutely in hysterics, and he replayed the the track of me throwing up and it just sounded hilarious to the point where we had so many calls into the studio of people saying that was fantastic I don't know how you dare do that to that guy but it was hilarious and it ended up being on the the uh, New Year special where it was like recorded again the soundtrack of me throwing up live on the radio. (laughs) Before you before you said about the throwing up bit, I don't know if anyone's watched this. It's on YouTube. It's um. There's a guy, I forget the name of the channel, something like Hot Something, Hot Topics or whatever, I'm not too sure, but basically you've got this one guy who interviews people, um, all different people. It's just kind of one-on-one, though. 
but on the interview, as they're as they're being interviewed, they each eat chilies, and they get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter until you kind of get right to the to the end. And it's great because you know they're kind of it's a serious kind of interview, but then they'll take a bite each of this particular chili, and 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 I just thought then you know that would be great if we'd done a whole pubcast. <laughs> With perhaps like kind of eight, eight or ten chilies in front of us, and through the whole episode, I mean, we all we all take. But I'm just a bit worried about Jamie throwing up all over his uh, keyboard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive. That. When was no. this, Jamie? What when? What sort of time? This is about 25 years ago. So I was about what 20 something like that. So 2019, 20. So what we're talking like early 90s? What? Yeah, you're 45. Yeah. And what was this? <laughs> What was you the weren't out wrong, ain't what you? What was the thing? What was the DJ's name? It was 25 years ago. You've seen, haven't you? What was the DJ's name? Paul Coit. Paul Coit, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He went on to do bigger things, didn't he? So, yeah, he did a stint at Virgin yeah, as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jamie, I know, didn't he? He did. Yeah. We don't know why. Oh, listen, Jamie, I've got a really good idea. Why don't you come on and I'll do really horrible things to you on air? I'll tell you what, it was at the time. It was it was just good fun. I could do it in the morning if I went to work. That, Literally, what happened is I'd get the you call. Were the, go you were the Carl Pilkington of that station. <laughs> yeah, by the I, was, I was absolutely. Yeah, and I went in the morning before I went to work, and then I did my stunt, and then I'd go into work, and everybody would say, "Oh, I heard you this morning. You bloody idiot! You know, fancy <laughs> doing that? You know, it's like, yeah, and that was me. Yeah, thanks. You, I think, I think I have to say, you win. <laughs> yeah, you win. Can't, no, no one can beat. No one can beat unless Rob, unless you've got anything. Um, may, maybe not work related. A vlogging one related I can think of is um, I was out in the Peak District uh, over at Wyoming Brook. Oh yeah, how did that? Yeah, go? well, it's quite interesting actually, James. Now yeah, you ask. Yeah. Um, we was uh, I had lovely foggy conditions, and yeah. um, I thought, oh, great, I, I need to capitalise on it. It's a done four hours to get there eight hour round trip i was like no i need to capitalize on this so making the most of it and um yes there was uh someone else there that uh well who was that anyone uh, I, 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 I think he's a member of a uh, of the podcast yeah 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 not me captain Mutley. so ooh. no it was me wasn't it oh, was it, yeah. it you guy yeah what'd you do guys you know what I did. <laughs> Everybody knows what I again. did. We do what before. the viewers do. Yes, I, I, well, I think I think we've been through this before, and I can only say I'm really sorry. We, we, we have spoke about well, this on yeah. the podcast. I can yeah. only say I'm really sorry, but it was really difficult for me to say. It's like I, I find it really difficult to say no to people. So you were saying, "Let's go on, let's do more," and I was saying, "So you're I, saying it's my fault?" No, it's not your fault. I'm just saying, "Blame game." Well, you know, well, you know, blame game. I said. Really need the toilet here, but I can't say no. And you're right, we've been there for you know, it's quite a long drive up and that. And I just thought, yeah, it'll be fine. Literally, probably five minutes into the walk, I was like, this is not going to be fine. I know this is not going to be fine. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this now. I just, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you, I just, you didn't have your bag for life. <laughs> no, I didn't have oh, any why, bag. Why, why, don't don't, you, why don't you carry a bag for life? That's what they're there for. Well, a bit conspicuous, aren't they? You know, or a nappy. Yeah. Oh, honestly, you you said though we spoke on Monday, didn't we? Yeah. And you said you never even realised. No, honestly, no, no. I didn't. So no. I was I was good, and I actually said on Monday, didn't I? That you I'd... were probably lucky you were upwind. 
<laughs> I, I said on Monday I'd let you into a little secret about what happens when I actually manage to find somewhere. So I fell over, obviously, and it hurt a lot, right? And that took my mind instantly off needing a loo. As soon as I got back in the car, I'm like, okay, I need the loo. I'm going to have to find somewhere. So I'm like sat navving, like nearest McDonald's, nearest McDonald's, because like, you know, shit in, shit out. So I was like, right, <laughs> found a McDonald's. And it, I don't know if anyone knows Sheffield, but but I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't find it ever again. But it was in some sort of retail park. That's all I can remember about it. Meadowhole. No, no, it wasn't in the big shopping <laughs> centre. It was in some outside retail park. And you know you have this thing when as you get closer and closer, like you need you need to go more and more and more. So I finally got in there and I was like, sit down. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, heaven. Fantastic. Got up, you know, you know. Everything finished off. It's better the detail, Sound effects as well. No, no, no. Walked out, right? And uh, and I sort of I hovered by the door for a minute thinking shall I get a McDonald's or not and it's a really bad idea but as I was by the door coming out someone was coming in and as the door shut I heard him say dirty bastard (laughs) (laughs) and I thought do you know what I'm not going to hang around for McDonald's I'm just going to get in the car and go (laughs) yeah Oh, right, well, unless James has got anything, I think we should get off no, an embarrassing, think, yeah. embarrassing yeah. subject. I think we definitely should. All right, I think we've got time for one more quick one here um, before we before we end this um, episode. Vlogging cameras. Now, Darren, you wanted to talk about vlogging cameras, didn't you? And I don't know whether that's like a conversation about what vlogging cameras we all use, or is it something? Yeah, else? As, so, as things changed for anybody in terms of vlogging cameras um i mean i started with the with the m6 um and then i've got the the, the sony uh, 6400 which i'm really pleased with and the reason i got the 6400 was um because it complemented my my sony camera uh, my my main camera my uh, a7r3 but because the world is opening up again um and, and I want to get into the fells. I've always been quite envious of some people that do a bit more run and gun. Um, and, and my camera doesn't have image stabilisation on it. So I have been looking um, at possibly getting the uh, Osmo Pocket 2. But I know that they're not waterproof. But, you know, Dave, I know that you had one. Um, and at the time you, you quite enjoyed it. Um, I've also got a, a, a new iPhone, which I'm considering sorting that out as a rig and possibly vlogging on that. So I just wondered what everybody, I mean, I know roughly what you guys use, but what are your thoughts? What have you had in the past? Why did you Why did you change and what are you using now? Or are you thinking about changing again in the future? Dave, can I ask you that question? Because you had the Osmo Pocket 2. Why did you change um, well, actually, I didn't. I still use it. Oh, um, do you? My most recent blog, a lot of the uh, B-roll footage was using that. Actually, it's the A-roll footage on that one because I was travelling light. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the first Osmo Pocket, not the second one. Uh, I have to be really careful with it, not because of the weatherproofing because you just, you know, don't get it completely soaked and it's fine. Um, but the dynamic range is shocking. 
so right. you know the, you can get some really horrible footage um i did use the sony rx100 for about a year uh, started about this time last year now it's sitting behind and i'm talking to you through it as a webcam and it just lives there now i don't take it out anymore really what why is that because because i'm using the em5 now as my vlogging camera because right. it's so good it's got great in-body stabilization but it also allows me to be more creative i mean uh, you know i'm i'm kind of in the same camp as james trying to be slightly more cinematic and that's what I haven't yet because I've only just got the camera and we haven't really been out anywhere. But uh, I'll be using that, you know, playing with the depth of field and not having to worry about the dynamic range. But mm. the great thing about the, the Osmo is you get 4K at 60 frames a second. So if you do want to slow anything, you can get some really nice slow-mo stuff, waterfalls and things like that. Yeah, I use it for that a lot. I must admit, I've never been much into... Slow mo. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I'm I'm pretty. You I'm are keeping, slow anyway, don't you, Darren? So. I do. I, well, <laughs> compared to some, compared to Gary. Oh no, Gary does walk slow in his videos. Gary is. Rob <laughs> needs to film at 240 frames per second. Yeah, I'm no, gonna get one of those slow massive ca Canon um, Canon video cameras and then yeah, slow slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> you though, James. You use you use the same camera to take stills. And video, don't you now? I do. Yes, I do. And that's one of the reasons why I got the R6, really. How are you um, finding that? It, it, it works really well, but the problem I have, and if I'm honest, I've been in two minds about getting rid of the M50 because I use it as my vlogging camera at the moment. The reason I use my M50 is because I like two cameras. I like to offer different angles of shot, and I like to film myself with the camera with the r6 on the tripod but that may change as i head back to the fells I might just keep the r6 keep the r6 mm. uh just my sole video camera and still camera i'm thinking of getting rid of the m50 to be honest but going back to what uh Dave says the reason one of the reasons i haven't gone for the asthma or the um what's the other famous one GoPro. the asthma the the gopro is purely because of the dynamic range. I think because the M50 and the G7X before that offers such a good dynamic range and also good quality as well, that's the reason why I use those cameras. Um, but yeah, I mean, two minds about, right, about getting rid of one of the, might get rid of the M50. Has I ended in, in, back into the fells because it's so versatile with one camera. I think you've hit the nail on the head though, Darren, because you said run and gun. And I think it's a style thing. I think if you it look is. at you look at actually all of you guys, you're uh, all proper camera on a tripod to vlog to. So you're very yeah. static. You get you, you do your B roll. You get to somewhere, and when you get there, you put your camera down and you talk into it. And that's your style. And that's why probably you've all found that using a camera, a specialist camera as a vlogging camera, has been beneficial to you. For me. I wouldn't want that extra tripod and I wouldn't want to have to put it down. So I kind of use my GoPro. Well, actually, I don't now. I use my iPhone for everything now. But I use my iPhone for my uh, talking heads. And then I use my iPhone for my B-roll. Because my style is much more... It's more run and gun. It's more loose than yours, I think. 
Do you use your front camera on your iPhone for your digital camera? Yeah, I never used to. I tried it on mine when I first got the 11, and I just didn't like the quality of the video at all on the front camera. Well, I use Filmic, so I'm filming it in flat. flat I I use that as well, but I just found it wasn't high enough res for my liking. I've never used... I I don't know. I I think it's a decent... I mean, it shoots 4K. It's Filmic like a log. Oh, well, it's... It'll it'll shoot log. log. Yeah. 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 So going back to what I was saying, one of the reasons why I might get rid of my M50 is because it doesn't shoot log, but my R6 does, and I shoot in log. And the problem I've got when merging the film, the different footage together, it looks different. It's different color grading. Yeah. So it looks odd. Yeah. Well, if you well, notice in, in a lot of my videos, I will when I'm doing my B-roll, it will be you know bars come down, cinematic sixteen by nine or whatever. And all like loads of sort of grading on that, and the reason is is because I used to film on my GoPro, and I used to film on my iPhone, and you can't match the two up. So you, I'd have to do something completely different with my B-roll, otherwise you'd yeah. notice. Well, that doesn't look the same. It's it's not the same. So yeah. there are drawbacks, but going back to the front-facing camera, Dave, I've, I've not really ever had an issue with it, and I think now I've got the twelve as well. I've, I found it like really good, especially with filming. there's loads of detail in there yeah I just didn't really get on with it and I tried using the back camera but then I couldn't frame a shot properly so in the end yeah that is a problem when you're doing that I think the M the M50 is a is a great little camera. AF tracking on it is spot on. Oh, you know, it will never it will never lose your face. Um, what it lacks is image stabilization, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I, you that's know, the quality of Canon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. Exactly, James. I mean, yeah. you say Canon for for, for vlogging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but for, for stills, you need you need a bit more quality. Really, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, moving on. Um, the dual pixel AF on on Canon is unbeatable for holding focus. It's fantastic. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is brilliant. And, and as yeah. a Sony user, I will hold my hands up and say that. And that is the frustration because, as I say, for run and gun, it is just a bit too big. I've tried it for run and gun. I've got that Benro tripod for it this year because I've got the 16mm um, 1.4 uh, lens for it, to, just as Dave was saying, just to get that better depth of field so you can do some more, more interesting B-roll. Um, but it is a little bit heavy, and you're not going to want to do a lot of run and gun with that. You could do a few you know, a few little segments to it, but not a lot. It is really meant to be on a tripod and then to film your B-roll with a with a wider depth of field. So, yeah, it, but it's yeah. just not a run-and-gun camera. That's the trouble. It's too big. I, th- I think it really boils down to what style of vlog you want to actually put together. I mean, a lot of mine are not a huge distance at all from, from the location where I park. I, I mean, I get altitude sickness if I go over a speed bump. So I'm, if, if I end up having to go to the Ogwin Valley, for example, I'm going to really have to seriously consider a completely different setup to what I'm used to for 99.9% of my vlogs. Mm. But I think that's what you, I feel like I, I need to do is, is have a setup that I'm happy with for my style of vlogging, which having a separate camera with the audio and, and, and obviously talking to that with my camera uh, my main camera in, in obviously picture. I, I like that setup. However, if I was walking on hiking, like like obviously yourself does, James, for a further distance, and that was more of the purpose of the vlog rather than the images as such, then yeah, I'd have to look a lot lighter and something more portable. And I would probably look along the lines of say my uh, a better f- phone 
with with uh, high quality and on a gimbal. I don't get on yeah, a that gimbal. Was, that was my kind of... So this is the reason for asking, because I think you're right. It, it, it almost depends, for me anyway, like where you shoot and what you shoot. Mm, and, yeah. you know, if, if, if I'm, say, shooting the coast or I venture into the, the woods then it doesn't really matter what I've got. You know, I can take quite a, a nice, a, a fairly decent-sized tripod, my M6 or the or the, or the Sony 6400. But as soon as you start introducing fells, because um, that means you're going to be out probably for longer, then you start adding a few more, you know, a bit of food in there, some water, two tripods, you know. Mm. And it does start to add up. Yeah, you know, mm. the higher you get, you might want a few more clothes, you know, just in case. So mm. I'm just thinking... I would just want to start traveling a bit lighter. So I'm not saying I will move over to my phone full time, but I'm certainly going to set it up as a rig and see how I get on with it for at least two or three vlogs. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy the, Os the Osmo Pocket 2. It has got better <coughs> DR, um, but also the convenience factor. I mean, that's why I still use mine, because there are times when I literally just whip it out of my pocket five seconds later on filming. Yeah, and you mm. know the the footage is beautifully buttery smooth with the gimbal. Yeah. What's the audio like, Dev? It's fine. I mean, I just mm. run my audio straight in. If I'm if I want ambient audio, I'll plug the shotgun in. If I want to talk to it, I just plug in my lav. Okay. Because mm. I know the new Pocket Two now they do like a, a combo, and that actually comes with uh, uh, almost like the the, the Rode Video Go. Um, there's a receiver on the bottom of it, and then they give you your that's right, yeah, your, your lav mic as well, as well, and it's all for like I think three hundred and sixty quid, something like that. That the whole lot. Yeah, it's it's mm. a good little set. Yeah. I think you I think you'd get a lot of use out of it. Mm, yeah. I really do, because you know, like you say, with it, when when that's all you want to carry, because you're going on a hike, you can still make a good vlog. Mm. But yeah. when you're not going very far, you just use it as part of your overall kit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely right, isn't it? It's about what the purpose of your your vlog is, and I, I would definitely look at doing that. If I was to start again, then then yeah, I would look, look at that setup. If if I mean, I, I've obviously just done it as a complete hobby, and uh, if I was to change a thing, then that probably would would be something along those lines. If I was to invest more in the beginning of of my YouTube journey, then that would be one of the things definitely. Because that's what people are watching. If you've got a better quality video, um, then that, that's going to capture people's attention more. If you are in focus as well um, and you're able to create that depth of field, then, yeah, definitely would have done that from the beginning if I could have. That is the one thing I miss is or don't have and wish I had was depth of field. If I, it, it, you know, I'd love to blow the background out every now and again just for something. But with an iPhone and a, and a GoPro, forget it. It's just not going to happen, you know. And personally, when I'm out and about, it sounds, I don't know, I can't be bothered to get my camera out and then start fiddling about with that for video because, the, the you know, I, I want my style is more this and this. It's more Perhaps you ought to be using your, the video mode on your cameras more, though. Well, possibly. Know? But then, you see, I would want a gimbal for my camera. Because I like, I know Jane, I know Jamie said he didn't get on with a gimbal, but I think a gimbal brings into play so much more, like so many more options of shots you can get. You can get crane, like sort of jib shots with a gimbal. You can get 
uh, what they call rail shots with a gimbal. You can get slider shots with a gimbal. You can do all that that you just can't get. It doesn't matter what you say, handheld, you can't get the same shot. It doesn't look the same. And so then I'd want to go and spend 300 quid on a gimbal. But then I look at it and say, well, what's the point of spending that money for something that you can't film yourself on? You can't, you know, follow yourself with a gimbal, can you? You need someone following you. So well, if you've got biceps like Dave, you might be able to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, <laughs> what you can do though <laughs> with the um, the Osmo is the tracking is brilliant. So I'll put it on a tripod sometimes, yeah. if, especially if I'm doing a handheld piece. In fact, my last video I did exactly that. So I'm chatting away, talking about what I'm doing. I'm holding my main camera, and the Osmo's following me about. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah. Oh, you could do that in post if you're shooting 4K. You can, uh, oh, I have yeah, done that in post, yeah. That's what I haven't done yet, but I will do. All right, well, good stuff. I, th I think with that, actually, we'll, we'll call <clears throat> it a day for this mm. episode. Um, thanks ever so much, Rob, for coming on. Oh, really thank appreciate you it. Cheers, Rob. I hope yeah. you've enjoyed it. And um, remember... Yeah, I have, like yeah. It's been really good. Really interesting to meet, meet you all guys. And, uh, yeah, I've obviously had a nice chat. Brilliant. And we're not here next week, so we'll see you in two weeks' time with another guest. Anyway, thanks for watching, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.